So I have an announcement about my family. How, are, how many already know it? Raise your hand. Say, look at this. Can you believe this? I can't believe it. This is old news. Facebook. Everybody already knows about it. For those that don't know, my youngest daughter, uh, Jackie, gave, gave birth to a baby. Um, so a, a baby girl? Yeah, a baby girl. I can do this all by myself. Okay. Uh, her name is Reagan Jean Renner. Reagan. Uh, seven pounds... Seven and a half pounds, 20 inches long. She was born the 22nd at 9.39 p.m. So, very cool. Just very cool. I'll tell you, grandchildren are God's way of thanking you for not killing your kids. You know? And all grandmas and grandpas say amen to that one. Yeah. Um, A lot of people are out trying to shoot Bambi. Some of them already shot some of his family, I heard. Sure like deer sausage. Okay, take a hint. So um, before we start, I want you to see this little clip. Okay. Wow, what a beautiful day. Listen to everyone cheering. This is going to be great. Months of training is paying off now. I'm hydrated, glucosed up, and my mental game is on point. Let's do this. Okay, so I'm a little behind on my normal pace. No big deal. Just keep going. And I think I missed a spot on my thigh with my body glide. Sure, that won't be a problem. And I don't need to stop for water just yet. Oh, look, here come some hills. That'll be fun. Wait, I'm not even halfway through yet. Feels like I've been running forever. What's with all these hills? Is the whole course hills? I think it's going to be tougher than I thought. Where is everybody? Am I still on course? I haven't seen a water stop in forever. Why didn't I get water earlier? I was just me, myself, and the road, I guess. Nothing left to do besides confront all of my inner demons. I am going to die! Why did I ever decide to do this? My thighs are raw like two hands, and I think my toenails just fell off. What else could possibly go wrong? Oh, break the runner's trots! Well, at least I haven't hit the wall yet. Die! Hit the wall! <laughs> I have never been so tired in all my life. Even my teeth are tired. I, I think I should just quit. Just stop passing me, you jerks! No. I need to power through. I didn't train for months to give up this late. Time to dig deep. Think of that Olympic runner who finished with a broken leg. That was really gross. But the point is, if he can do it, so can I. Now, come on. The finish line is right up there. One foot in front of the other. <laughs> yes! I did it! Oh, this is the greatest feeling in the world. Isn't that cute? Yeah. So who is the fastest runner of all time? Does anybody really know this? Who? No. 
the fastest runner of all time? No. It's Adam, because he came first in, all, in the human race. <laughs> have you heard have you heard the saying before you criticize someone you should walk a mile in their shoes well what does this mean I think it's a great idea and here's why when you criticize someone you'll be a mile away and you'll have their shoes <laughs> stop laughing Let's pray, get serious. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful church, this family of believers. God, I pray you help me speak this message of encouragement. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Racing, racing. We race to be the fastest runner. (coughs) We race to be the first to finish our food. We race to be the first to complete an assignment. We race to be first in line. We race to beat the stoplight. (coughs) We race to get back to the TV before the commercial's over. We race to pay our bills on time. We race to be the first to get the remote. We race to get the bargain. And in a young family of six, with one bathroom, we race to get to the bathroom. Can you really tell me, truthfully, that none of us have ever been in any kind of a race? One race or another we've been in. Today I'm going to talk about the race of a believer. The race is by, this race is by far the most important race you'll ever, ever participate in. And if you're not aware that you're in this race, I'm telling you right now, you're a loser. You're going to lose if you don't realize you're in a race. This race is a spiritual race, and it's described in many different ways in the scriptures. It's described as a race for heaven. It's described as the race for, (coughs) excuse me, this is a dry and thirsty land sometimes where no water is. Just a, just a, just a jug. <clears throat> Thanks. <coughs> this is a race where for life where there is no more suffering, no more evil, <clears throat> and no more death. The race is to live in a place where the devil has no influence in our lives. And this race is, 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 is to live with God for all eternity. <coughs> and I'm up here choking in front of you. <clears throat> You know, this is the most important race you and I will ever run. So if you're smart, which I know you are, you need to understand this race. And you need to know what it takes really to be a winner. (coughs) Why now? You know, lately I've been going through adverse things when I've been preaching. I can't believe the things have happened to me when I've been preaching. I mean, my, my face falls asleep. Remember I had Bull's palsy last year? Had this happened, that happened. And so, um, uh, just recently, I got this little vessel under my nose, and I'm going to have it, I'm going to go to a dermatologist, and he's going to cauterize it or something, because I, I just got to sneeze, and all of a sudden it starts bleeding. And so, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Thank you, thank you. It starts bleeding, so if it starts bleeding, I'm going to gross you out a little bit, but I'll keep on talking, okay? I'll just put, I'll just put this over my mouth like this, and I'll keep on talking. So, so I, w- I was really worried about this because, I mean, you know me, and I've already, I mean, it's not, it's embarrassing, but it's not that big of a thing in front of my family here. But if I'm in someone else's church, that's different, okay? So I was just in Paul, Pastor Paul Burby's church in uh, uh, Nashua, New Hampshire. It, it, it's, a, it's quite a, it's quite a, he's got quite a thing going down there. Um, I spoke, I spoke, um, he, he has a, what he calls a Shabbat celebration. Once a month on a Friday evening, they celebrate um, the Jewish Sabbath, the real, the real Sabbath. And he, I don't think he has any real Jewish people in his, in his church, but he teaches Old Testament truths. He teaches the truths that you've already learned. But he teaches those, and they worship God together. It's an idea of worship and, and, and learning <coughs> and fellowship. So I, I spoke there. And then uh, Sunday morning I spoke as first service and second service. And then I spoke at a Russian church. Uh, and then I spoke at a, um, I spoke at a Portuguese-speaking uh, church. And, and then uh, Monday, uh, a Saturday, and Saturday, and Monday, rather, I spoke at a high school. So I was a little busy, a little bit busy. It was like a preaching machine. But all those times, you know, I'm aware that, man, I could start bleeding any time. So my prayer is, Lord, let me make a fool of myself and keep this thing from not bleeding. You know, so I'm kind of praying that right now myself. <clears throat> Let's get back to the race. You need to know what it takes to be a winner in this race. Now, the Apostle Paul understood this special race. And uh, here's how he explained it to the, the, to the Messianic Jews to, in the, found in the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted the point of shedding your blood. I want you to picture this. Picture this. You're at a foot race. It's, it, you're, it's, you're at a foot race, and you're, it's being held at a huge stadium that is as old as mankind, and it's, it's larger than, than a thousand plus stadiums. And in that stadium, every seat is filled with people just like you and I. And there are those, although there, there are those who have successfully run their race through the century. These are the people that are in the stands. <clears throat> and you're in the stands. And someone hands you a pair of binoculars. And you scan the crowd. And you mirac- and miraculously, you're able to recognize those you've never even met. In the first row, you see Abel, but you don't see Cain. You see Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and his wife. You see Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. You see Moses and his mother. You see Rahab, Gideon, 
and Barak. You see a guy taking up two seats, and you realize, oh, that's Samson. Then you see, then you see Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the old covenant prophets of God. You see them all. You see those believers in, 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 in Christ who through the centuries endured torture rather than renounce their belief in Jesus as the Son of God. You see all these people, and somehow you're able to recognize them. The stadium seats are filled with those who lived by faith. And if you look closely, you might even find some of your family members of the past. And what do all those sitting in the stadium have in common? They all ran their race similar to the one you're running today. (coughs) Excuse me. Similar race. It's It's not me, Joel. Yeah, this is real special water. We've got technical difficulties. Two, buckle my shoes. Three, four, we're all going to shut the... Yes, you and I are still running our race. And those people have finished their race. But know this, they all finished their race, and none of them buckled under the many pressures and impulses to quit their race. And even though many of them experienced temporary setbacks, none of them stopped running forward. Even though they went through difficult, terrible trials and oppositions, they all finished their race, Regardless, they finished their race. Now, in Hebrews 1, uh, verse 1, we have two recommendations for successfully running our spiritual race. Two recommendations. In verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders the, that, the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So recommendation number one is this. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. 
Number two recommendation is run with, the, with an attitude of perseverance. In other words, you run your race with a mindset of endurance and consistency. In other words, you run with the, the attitude of refusing to quit regardless of your circumstances. I don't care what circumstances come my way. I will finish this race. So, here's a question, though. Besides sin, what are those things that might um, hinder my race? Well, let me answer a question with a question. What if I told you that I was going to run a race? Jeff, if I told you I was going to run a race and the temperature was 99 degrees and the humidity was a little over 80%, It's a five-mile race, Jeff, and for my race, I'm going to wear my dress shoes, I'm going to wear a wool hat, long underwear, a flannel shirt, and my winter coat. Well, I'm not going to make it, huh? Now, these are legitimate clothing, are they not? They're legitimate, yes, but not for a hot summer race. I'm not going to make it, you don't think. Okay. In the same way, some things might, um, some things you might be doing, they might be legitimate. They might be innocent. They're certainly not sin. But do they hinder your race? So to be successful in your race, every believer must ask themselves this question. What are those things in my life that tend to distract me from my race? And some of these things may not be, they may not be a sin. Now we have hunters, evidently, in our church. I think hunting is good. It's it's okay to hunt. But what if they went hunting every Sunday? Huh? It's another story, isn't it? I know they'd like to, but they can't, because they would be then they would be they would not be hearing the word of God, and their faith would be affected because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And besides, we're 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 not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as some get to be in the habit of doing. There are those things in our lives that tend to distract me from my race. Belonging to certain clubs, they're not bad. They're good. They may be pro-harmless, but if they take you from the things of God, they take you from what God has wants you to do, then you better throw them off, even though they may not be sin. In Hebrews um, 12.1, it says, Everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You know, life has taught me that, that every believer is susceptible to have at least, at least one sin that easily entangles them. At least one. For most of us, it's many. And once you have identified that sin or those sins, what's God's advice? He says, throw them off. Get rid of them and stay away from them. If you, got, if you got a problem with pornography, you just don't go on the sites. You don't buy the magazines, and you stay away from that kind of stuff. If you're, if you're a, if you got a problem spending money, 
Can you use charge cards? You know, keep your charge cards at home. Don't do this stuff. You know, if, if, if certain things get you in trouble, you throw them off and you don't. You know, if, if you if you got a problem with drinking alcohol, <clears throat> you don't go into a, a tavern and just fellowship because you're going to be tempted very, very hard to indulge in the alcohol. You stay away. You throw them off. You stay away from them. Verse 2 and 3 gives us our model, our example for a successful run. Verse 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. <clears throat> okay, here comes a pop quiz. And if you don't get this all right, I'm starting over again. Number one, who is the author of your faith? Jesus, and we disagree? Okay. Who is the perfecter of your faith? Anybody disagree? Okay, third one, as you run your race, who do you keep your eyes on? Right. Anybody disagree? Okay, I'll continue. So why focus on Jesus Christ? I mean, why focus on him? I'll give you two logical reasons. Number one is experience. Because Jesus perfectly ran his race of faith, he can coach us in all the facets of our race. In fact, he's the one who gave birth to the race of the believer. He gave birth to it, of the new covenant believer. Experience. And number two is salvation. <clears throat> Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. What was the joy set before him? Well, I look at another version of the scriptures. This is the message, and you'll, you'll, you'll get the answer from this. And we'll read this. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished his race. We're in. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. Now listen. He never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in place of honor right alongside God. The joy set before him was his finish and then being back with his heavenly father at his father's right hand for all eternity. The joy set before him. The joy set be, be, before you and I is that when we finish our race, we will fully experience our salvation and be with Christ for all eternity. So we have to fix our eyes on this. The finish. The finish. And this is, this is, in 25 years from now, Many of us are going to pass on and we're going to finish. Many of us. Now, it's a sad thing on one hand. On the other hand, it's finished. It's finished. And we're with the Lord for all eternity. And we join the stands along with other, other, other great witnesses of God who finished their race. 
In Hebrews 12, verse 3 to 4. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart in your struggle against sin, and have not resisted to the, uh, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Okay, so let's consider just a little bit of what Jesus endured. He's our example. He, first of all, he was conceived of an unwed mother. He was born into a very, very poor family. His life was threatened as a baby, and many male babies died because of his birth. He believed that jo- um, it's believed that Joseph, Jesus' dad, died when he was still young, and Jesus was responsible to help support the family. When Jesus started his ministry, things went from bad to really bad. Most Pharisees and Sadducees, they hated him, and many thought he was insane or demon-possessed. He experienced opposition from some family members. He was betrayed by someone who was very close to him. He experienced rejection and abandonment from his good friends. He was falsely convicted of treason and given an illegal trial, and he was convicted and executed by crucifixion. So the question is, have any of you suffered from the hands of others like Jesus? I don't think so. Yet he finished his race. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Understand what Jesus went through. You say, oh, somebody, somebody called me a name, a cousin might say it's at work. I'm so, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so persecuted. That's nothing. That's nothing. Besides that, if you suffer as a Christian, you have nothing to be ashamed about. So Jesus warns his disciples. In Matthew 10, 22, he says, All men will hate you because of me. So if you, if, if you, if you want to be part of the kingdom of God, and want everybody to love you, and you want to be active in doing the will of God, I'm telling you, people are not going to like you. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Now, Paul encouraged his fellow believers. And I want to read some of these scriptures to you. In Philippians 3, verse 12, Paul says, I don't mean to to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that, that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me, possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forget the past. Listen, everybody's got skeletons. Most of us have got skeletons. You, you, you focus on those skeletons, that'll stop you from going forward. Press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. And if you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. And then to the church of Corinth, here's what he says. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. 
But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. When you're tempted to do wrong, God always gives you a way out. Always. Usually you don't go wrong, just go boom, you do wrong. Usually it's a time of, of thinking about it, weighing it, right or wrong. Right, I'll go wrong, I can always repent later. Oh, God forbid that happens. God always gives you a way out. In James, in James uh, 1, verse 11, God blesses those who patiently endure testing. And temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Don't say God, God's tempting me. It doesn't, it's not true. 2 Timothy 4, 7. Well, Paul says this towards the end of his ministry. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul went through a lot himself. But he says, I have fought the good fight. This is a fight that we're in. It's not only a race. It's a fight to win. It's a, it's, it's a fight to finish. If you think it's easy, it's not. You have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to get you across that finish line. And he will. We will all finish and see ourselves in the stands. Say, oh, there's brother so and such. We used to go to church together. Etc. Etc. We're all running a race. You say, well, Frank, what if I trip up on my race? What if I trip? What if I allow sin to entangle me and I trip? Is my race over? No. No, it's not over. You get back on your feet. You repent from your sin. And you continue to run. Trips happen to most of us. That's a fact of life. Trips happen to most of us. That's because we're so imperfect. And you, like I tell everybody, like I've told you folks many times, you have an imperfect pastor trying to pastor imperfect people into perfection. And I'm in my race, and I'm trying to cheer you on in your race. But I've got my own race to run, and you've got your own race to run, and we're cheering each other on to finish the race. And this is what we have to do. But if one of us trip. Listen, we encourage them, get up. Let there be repentance, and you keep on running your race. And you will finish your race. And you'll never regret finishing that race. Never regret it. I've seen far too many people that have started the race. They give their lives to Jesus Christ. They start their race. Look like they're sprinters. And all of a sudden, you don't see them anymore. They're gone. They trip. They trip. Now, they won't confess they tripped, but they tripped. And they're just not getting up. Why is that? Because of guilt. They don't finish their race. See, we have to encourage each other to finish the race. Is there anybody here who has never tripped up since you've been a believer? Would you raise your hand, please? 
Maybe there is one here. You've never tripped up. I have tried to go an entire day. <laughs> Once I thought I made it. And then I remember whatever is not done in faith is sin. I did a whole lot of things that were not in faith. I mean, but, but hello. We keep on getting up, and you don't quit. You just don't quit. And when someone trips, we don't make fun of them because you've tripped yourself, and there's something to make you trip up around the corner. Listen, we encourage each other to get up and keep running that race. And I would like for all of us to finish together. I really would. Not at the same time. But, <laughs> but, but, but I'd like us all to finish the race. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want, I mean, we're not going to drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> On some island. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. We all need to finish our race. We laugh, we make this humorous, but it's very serious when someone trips and no one's there to help them up or they won't allow others to help them up. And you know what's going to happen. They never finish their race. That's a terrible, it's just terrible, just terrible, terrible. I can't think of how many people I've known throughout my walk with God that have started the race and have stopped. It's terrible. I know some people that have gone through terrible times, terrible times. They've gone through children dying. They still finish their race. They've gone through divorces. They still finish their race. They've gone through terrible, just terrible, terrible times. And they still, they, they still are up and running their race. You can't help but to respect people who, even though they fall, they get up. And they run that race. Let's finish our race. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand together.